0: Check, baby, check, baby,
1: one, two, three. Hey, what's going on? This is The Doug Show. It's Doug Cunnington here with my lovely, beautiful wife, Elizabeth. How are you today?
0: Good. He thought he was tricking me into thinking he wasn't recording that mic check, but I know he was.
1: No, I mean, I said, hey, I'm going to record this. Say that again. You did
0: not say, hey, I'm going to record this. (laughs) You just said, say that again.
1: (laughs) This is another bonus episode and a window into my real life. Yep. Another bonus episode on the Tiger King. And we just watched the, I guess it's a a bonus episode of the Tiger King. It was Joel McHale interviewing a lot of people from the cast. And hopefully you're a longtime listener of the Doug show, but if not, and you're some somehow listening because we're talking about Tiger King, that's fantastic. We normally talk about affiliate marketing and working online, making money online, but because of the COVID-19 and a lot of other things, we're talking about Tiger King. So what were you we going to say there?
0: Do you think Netflix heard you were doing bonus podcast episodes and thought, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Let's record one of our own?
1: Perhaps. I, I think <laughs> the production value is pretty close to the same. I mean, it's pretty cool. I think... Literally, Joel McHale was like, Hey, do you want to do this thing? Or they were like, Joel's up for anything at any time. <laughs> and it looked like they sent everyone iPhones and AirPods because everyone was wearing AirPods. And I mean, they may
0: be paid to upgrade the internet because the video quality looked great and everything.
1: They, no yeah.
0: skipping, no pauses, no nothing. I mean, they edited it, of course, but. Yeah, everybody looked crisp.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. Um, at the same time, it was all done on you know the same kind of devices that we're doing, like Zoom with our family. I chatted with my family. We we did we did like a, a tour of the home, and it turned out pretty good. So crazy stuff in this episode, though. So we've been just thinking really hard about Tiger King. And we knew this episode was going to come out. I think last time we mentioned that we're actually like true fans of Joel McHale. So we thought it was going to be pretty funny that he was going to be interviewing the crew.
0: He had some good zingers in there. Um, you know, for the most part, I think he was playing playing a pretty straight man. He was asking them similar questions um, you know, who would play you in the movie? Are you mo- more loyal to the animals or to Joe, which really like, if, is anyone more loyal to a, a, any human over an animal, animals are the best, but, um, yeah, he played it. He played it pretty straight. I can't remember some of his best singers, but there were a couple really good ones in there.
1: Yeah. And he's a extremely sarcastic person. Cause I've heard him in a lot of sort of candid interviews that are not scripted at all. And yeah, he's, he's pretty funny. He's a pretty funny dude. So we had a couple couple things come coming in. So I have like four pages of notes on this 40-minute episode, episode eight. But a good friend of mine did send several questions in. So I'm going to hit some of those. And number one, oh, and I'll give him a shout out. Jimmy, thanks for sending in these questions. You know who you are. And some of them were pretty tough. So the first one is, we we were like, "What does that mean?" It's F M K, and I was like, "I don't know what that is." And do you remember?
0: We figured it out. Yeah, it's fuck, Mary, kill that game.
1: And Tiger King, Carol Baskin, and Doc Antle. So what's your answer?
0: I think I had the same answer as Jimmy. You would have to fuck. Doc antle marry the Tiger King and kill Carol Baskin.
1: That was his answer. Yeah, you're right.
0: Nice, nice. And but I mean that's like that's just like a Russian roulette of bad choices. But even though, you know, I wouldn't want to be married to Tiger King, I think he treated his people pretty good. I mean, if you want drugs and gifts and to pretend to be gay, then he's the guy for you.
1: He gave a lot of gifts, yeah. I mean, John, John Finley was like, I got cars, I got... Um,
0: guns, pink, pink, camo, gu- pink camo guns, yeah. It couldn't yeah. have been all bad. You don't stay with, you know, it couldn't have been all bad. What about you? What's your answer?
1: Yeah, I had a, a tough time <laughs> deciding. And I mean, I saw, I, I knew your answer. Um, after you told me, and then I knew Jimmy's answer because <laughs> he, he told me too. So it's like, uh, well, it's easy for me to fall in line and give the same answer. But yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, a, a, tough a, it's a tough call. It's a tough call because I think Doc to fuck uh, Doc Antle wouldn't be great, you know, but in his younger days, he had that long, long hair, pretty serious mustache. I don't know if people remember. Episodes one and two, they really highlighted that, but you could potentially get a sloppy seconds and he was pulling down, um, just amazing, uh, employees. I would say that he was getting people that really were just at the end of their line.
0: But that's a good point. He might be better to marry because when they did the tour of the property and he was pointing out the houses where his various, girlfriend wife employees lived those were some nice houses so maybe it would be better to marry him and get one of those houses
1: and then he can't be in every one of those houses at all the all the time so
0: yep there's some uh dilution could,
1: yeah well I, w- I was thinking well then maybe i could go to those houses instead i'm not yeah. gonna
0: marry him and then you get to live in a nice house with me here <laughs> if i no
1: No, okay. Yeah, I I didn't mean that exactly. (laughs) So anyway, very solid question, Jimmy. Thanks for sending that one in. Next one, a little more cerebral. How would Joe Exotic handle the COVID-19 if he won the 2016 presidency? Which, I mean, that's something you were thinking about, Elizabeth, before he was even running for president.
0: Why don't you take the first stab at this one? I, I honestly have no idea I, I feel like it might involve firearms.
1: I think there yeah, I think that could be some firearms. I think he would definitely blame China mm. a lot. I think he would there, would, there would be a lot of blame to go around and most of it would land in China's lap. And I think there would be, gosh, I'm not sure. I, I think he maybe would have quarantined very hard much harder and much more strict than what we're doing now. Because, I mean, we were driving around the other day, we were getting food, so it's legit. But I feel like Joe Exotic may have more of an iron fist. I, al-
0: I also think he could have some sort of GoFundMe quarantine page, even as the president. Like, uh, science has proven that if you give me $1, you won't get COVID. And. And yeah, make some money that way. Hard,
1: hard to prove, hard to prove, yeah. <laughs> and I, um, yeah, I'm not sure if there'd be much else, but he would be thinking about his reelection bid and I think maybe he would have something in play. Next, Joe Exotic's rates for baby tigers. <laughs> okay, I may have to squ- skip this one. Jimmy knows <laughs> what this Question is, but yeah, it seems, um, we'll, we'll take it offline. We'll take it offline. Okay. Next question. Did Tiger King make you want to more or less likely see a tiger zoo?
0: Definitely less for me. Definitely less.
1: Less for me as well. I mean, even, even Carol Baskin's, uh, big, big cat rescue, which we had some discussion about that earlier which we'll we'll come to before we get into this last episode. But yeah, I think I, th- I think in a lot of ways there's a higher likelihood of animals to be mistreated and just bad decisions in general carried out. So, yeah, I am less likely to see something like that and Elizabeth and I lived in uh, Bozeman for 4 years and we recently I think it was like the last year we went to it was West the, Yellowstone. what was it called?
0: The Grizzly and Wolf Discovery Center. And we did pay to go see that. I was going to um, qualify my answer and say, you know maybe I'd be more likely if it was free, to go and learn and be educated. But we did go um, we did pay to go see the Grizzly and Wolf Discovery Center. What did you think of that?
1: It was awesome. It was very cool. It was happy to pay. And the key distinction with this place, and it's outside the entrance of Yellowstone National Park, which is, well, I think, one of the best run national parks out there. They only have animals that are actually, you know, quote, rescues. So they're like injured animals. So we saw eagles fairly up fairly uh, close, but they're eagles that were injured and nursed back to health. So many times they were maybe hit by uh, an automobile that had a broken wing and they were going to die, but someone called and they rescued the eagle, nursed it back to health, and it can't really fly. It can't hunt on its own. It wouldn't be able to last, but they have it in a enclosure, which is very small for an eagle, but the eagle would be dead. Otherwise, it would have died same with uh, some of the wolves that we saw there and they had a lot of other animals too what did you think
0: i enjoyed it it was very focused on education but to be fair i'm not sure that i know for sure that they were any better than some of the people on this documentary i mean i think they were it felt like they were um, I definitely I think one of the distinctions may be whether or not you breed in your facility and it sure did not seem like they were doing any breeding at all. Like you said, it was it was injured animals, animals that got there for some other reason. but um, you know, did we do our research before we went there? Not really. I mean, it's a huge establishment um, very shiny, fancy building. It certainly doesn't look like um, Joe Exotic's Oklahoma Zoo that I think looked a little rough at times. I mean, it was a very, very nice facility, but we didn't really do any research before we went in there.
1: And we didn't do any research before we recorded this either, so keep keep that in no, mind.
0: But the Grizzly and Wolf Discovery Center, even though I just qualified that, I am ninety nine point nine percent certain it is totally on the up and up. I would recommend visiting it. We lived in Bozeman for I think three years before we went to it because we thought Oh, this is a tourist trap. You know, it looks kind of hokey. And my aunt and uncle, when they came to visit, they went to it and they enjoyed it. And so we, I think Doug's parents were visiting us. And so we decided to go and uh, we learned a ton and we really, really liked it. Side note, my friend Emily in Bozeman um, accidentally, of course, hit a small saw-wet owl with her bike on her car as she was driving around and injured its eye and it ended up at the, uh, the grizzly wolf and discovery center. And we tried to see it, but it wasn't, it wasn't being shown to the public. So we didn't get to see it.
1: And she sponsored it, right?
0: Yep. And we sponsored an Eagle as well. So you can go on their website and you can, um, you can give certain denominations of money to sponsor an animal and contribute to their food and upkeep. So that was kind of fun a great gift. Like if you're tired, you know, if you are having trouble figuring out what to give your friends and family that really love birds or, you know, wolves or bears or whatever, it's kind of a unique gift and they send you some information on your animal and um, a nice picture and fridge magnet. Yeah, we enjoyed it. I sponsored an eagle for Doug for Christmas.
1: Yep. A golden eagle.
0: That's right. Aquila, I think.
1: That's right. Yeah. So, and I think, like, like we're saying, like they only worked with animals that were injured or some sort of crazy circumstance. And then, I mean, we were only there the one time, but it definitely seemed completely different than anything that they were showing on the documentary
0: so bringing it back to Joe Exotic, I did just a hair, just a very tiny hair of research on Carol Baskin's big cat rescue sanctuary. And I mean, I hate to say it, I was on her website, but it sounded very similar to like the grizzly and wolf discovery center. They don't let, sounded like they don't let people touch the animals. They don't do breeding there. It's exactly what we're saying where they rescue animals that, you know, were in somebody's house and then they got sick of them or for whatever reason, these animals ended up in a bad situation. I mean I don't want to paint her in a good light but I read some stuff that made me think maybe she wasn't totally evil and maybe that her sanctuary was actually a really good place.
1: This is the first time you're bringing this up. What's going on? I didn't know we were going to record this uh, nonsense. <laughs> no, she told me before, but the the key distinction again is like if if they are not breeding the animals and they're only allowing animals to live. That seems slightly better. Carol seems nuts. I think she's crazy. And one little thing when I was doing some research, by the way, folks out there. Wait, wait,
0: you did your research?
1: Let me explain. <laughs> People that are only listening to the podcast, do check out my YouTube channel. Just check out Doug Cunnington. I recorded a little and uh, sort of a, not a teardown, but I looked at the SEO aspects of the Tiger King because I mentioned it in episode number four. So as I was like just Googling things, I did discover that Carol and her company bought docantl.com and they got sued for it.
0: Ooh. They
1: lost the arbitration
0: how about
1: that? Because, I mean, he's been using that name for 20, 30 years. And you you can Google this, by the way, and y- you could find the arbitration. And it looked like later I got lost in the legalese and eventually bored, so I stopped reading it. But it looked like they lost the arbitration. Carol lost the arbitration. She had to turn over the domain name. But it looked like she was trying to sue them later. So secondary fact on that, As I was doing that research, I saw that Harold, that is Carol's third husband, Harold is an MBA and a JD, which means he's a businessman and a lawyer. So he can take some stuff to court. He can file shit for the company and make it a headache for, you know, whoever he wants to deal with.
0: University of American Samoa, JD.
1: (laughs) Oh, anyone who knows that reference S- send me an email. Feedback at Doug Show, <laughs> University of America Samoa Law School. Are we ready to get into episode number eight, the sure. Joel McHale Show? All right, number one, we're gonna. I have notes. I have several pages of notes on the guest and a couple couple little things that I thought were interesting. Eric Cowie, which I thought was one of the most genuine, like badass motherfuckers that was on the whole entire show. He had. I I don't know if we would call him Golden Locks, but he had really nice hair, I would say. Nice mane. And one of the coolest things when they were interviewing him, he looked like he was a little bit cleaner because he was fall down drunk in the last episode. And uh, he did have a Coors sign in the background, a little neon sign. Did you notice that? I did not notice that. Tap the Rockies and... I mean as a lover of Colorado for many years and eventually moved here Coors Light, Solid Beer, Coors Heavy or Coors Original the Banquet Beer. I like those too. And I mean, I'm a I'm a beer guy, but I would say Coors Light has its place.
0: Agreed. Easy drinker.
1: If you are, you know, floating down a river, you're at a tailgate for some reason you need to hydrate yourself. Maybe you went for a run. Coors Light, that'll do the job.
0: Yeah, I thought Eric's interview was good. I always kind of liked him. Uh, I thought he played the cool cat very well. And um, if you've seen Doug on his YouTube channel, very bald. um, But he knows in my youth and probably still a little bit today, I kind of have a thing for guys with long hair. It's a little bit of a fetish, I would say. And it didn't work out well for me. And I think uh, I went too far in the other direction, perhaps. But um, yeah, I think that might explain a little bit of my, um, yeah, my preference for for Mr. Eric Cowie.
1: News to me. <laughs> you know <notice>. this. <laughs> Maybe you could tell me stuff like that when we're not recording next time. <laughs> no. And I think the great thing about being bald, it, actually, there's like 10 things, but All right, right now, COVID-19 is going on. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, barbershops are closed. I just cut my hair. I've been cutting my own hair for like uh, 25 years.
0: Yeah, I just mentioned to Doug, I think last night, that there's going to be, I think, a lot of ladies really upset uh, pretty soon if the salons don't open back up.
1: So, little website idea, little uh, YouTube channel idea, how to cut your own hair as a woman. I don't know. Give it a shot. You could be able to get some things going. Eric did mention one pretty significant thing. And I think that uh, Joel asked this a couple times for a few people. You know, who did you side with? The animals or Joe Exotic? And basically Eric was like, you know, I love the animals. I'm there for the animals. And I 100% believe it. There were several people in the show where you don't really know their motives. You don't really know if you could believe them. I definitely 100% believe Eric. I think he loved the animals. And if I remember right, he said Joe should be in jail. He should die in jail. A couple people said essentially that. So any other takeaways from Eric?
0: Um, No, just, just, he's looking good, happy for him.
1: I was going to say your eyes say there's more, but well, one saying.
0: Yeah. So a couple of the people have gotten their teeth done and he hasn't had his teeth done yet. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that he's being authentic and, um, yeah, he doesn't need it. He's He's got the hair. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. It's you wouldn't say with Eric. Yeah.
1: Okay. Number two, we had Jeff and Lauren. So Jeff Boo. Lowe and Lauren. Um, oh, you didn't like him. Okay. Go ahead.
0: That's it. Go on. I just wanted to boo while you were too introing.
1: So they, they're an interesting, interesting set there. They, um, they're still running the zoo. They rebranded. I was doing some, uh, SEO research. So do check that out on the YouTube channel. Did I make that point before Did I say that you did? So check out the, the new website and I, in the YouTube video, I actually like show you the old website and how you can look that up on your own if you are interested back when old um, Joe was running the, sh- the shop. And yeah, they, they had some interesting points, nothing like too alarming. Now, Jeff did sort of, I, I don't know what to make of him because he does seem like a con man. It seems like he does take the opportunity to find people who are down on their luck He may actually help them either financially or with advice, but he seems to often place himself in a position where he could take advantage of people making bad decisions or direct them into making bad decisions. That's not like discrediting or that's not not the right way to say it, but it's not removing blame from the people that are making the bad decisions, but at the same time, Jeff does seem like a dickhead.
0: Yeah. I have, I have nothing to add about Jeff Lowe. I think, I think he seemed, it seemed like a fair and honest portrayal of him and his personality. He seems, and and Doug and I had this conversation about sort of their open marriage and, um. Whatever, whether I agreed with that or not, and your point was, I think he's pre- he's pretty honest with Lauren about it. Like she knows what she's getting into. Like she's decided it, and you have to sort of credit him, I guess, for that honesty. But I think, yeah, I think it was a pretty fair portrayal of him, and I think he just seems like a dirtbag.
1: W- did you have any thoughts on the nanny?
0: Um, you know what? Good for the nanny. I think actually like she's um, obviously a very beautiful person. There's lots of, there's lots of pretty women in the world, but I think she saw an opportunity and took it. And I hope for her that she knew what she was getting into and that she could propel, she can propel this sort of notoriety into maybe something a little less Um. Sexual, <laughs> if that's what she wants. And Dylan, by the way, isn't that Joe's third husband? What's his name? Dylan. So we found Joe's Instagram, and Dylan also has a manager now. And I think he's a, a very attractive young person as well. And I think he is trying to, um, f- you know, further his career by some of the attention that's coming from that. What did you think of the nanny?
1: She seemed fine.
0: She's but you know I think I think it's a little too bad. I know it's kind of a little bit of a joke, but everyone's you know like how's the nanny? What's the you know what's she's a very pretty girl. But I also want to be like, hey, how's your kid? Like (laughs) this very beautiful woman. We all realize she's beautiful, but she's taking care of your kid. Is your kid okay? Like, I mean, did she at least come with like an infant CPR certification? That'd be nice.
1: Yeah, you know it would be funny if she's like. Yeah. I'm like a registered nurse. I'm highly qualified. I'm a doctor. I hope so. But you're right. She could, I mean, hopefully folks in the show are able to parlay this into something better. They can actually like, I mean, they may have to pander to whatever shows they can get on or whatever appearances and then, I mean, they can get in the door and then it's up to them to deliver something more impressive than whatever bullshit they put on the documentary.
0: But do you know who the the most famous uh, nanny ever probably, which I can't even remember her name, which is hilarious, but the au pair that ended up marrying Tiger Woods, you know, so I think maybe that's like uh, sort of the pretty woman like the pretty woman prostitute dream. Like I think the the nanny dream is you like au pair for someone and then you marry a millionaire and then he becomes a sex addict. So you attack him with a golf club and then you get divorced and get a really big settlement. So I hope that for her.
1: We can all dream. <laughs> all right. And I, I think the main... Oh, one one more thing on Jeff. I think... And he mentioned it a couple times. So he seems shady, maybe a con man in some ways. But so far, they haven't taken him down on anything related to Tiger King. Apparently, he was a convicted felon before. But, I mean, he whatever he's doing, he's running a relatively clean operation. And he's staying far enough away from, you know, bullshit So he's not getting arrested. He's paying his taxes, stuff like that. So, and I think like the tax evasion thing is a very easy fuck up to get busted. So number three, John Renke. Now, I think this this guy is great. He seems a lot like Eric, cared for the animals, seems like a stand-up, kind of dude and maybe was down on his luck at the time and ended up working with Joe and I I noticed he was always in his garage he seems to be a race car driver or someone who works on the crew he had a tie in a back to one of our previous episodes he always had a Ford Ford had Pruitt Ford so (laughs) I drive an F-150 so I like that any thoughts on John?
0: Nothing major. I liked him. He seemed, um, one of like one of the more balanced people. I think he also seemed like one of, you know, Eric was like, you know, fuck Joe, he should die in prison. I think John was a little bit more conflicted. We'll get to Saf. I think Saf was a little bit more conflicted as well. Um, so John maybe had a a little bit, a little bit more of a balanced opinion of Joe, not that he was just the most horrible person in the world, but he seemed good, had some nice teeth. And he, I liked him too. He hes he seemed like he had a pretty good sense of humor and I thought, thought, thought he seemed like a good guy.
1: And he mentioned that he was like, I guess he got divorced, his marriage fell apart during the documentary footage, which I'm not even sure how many years they were filming. Do you know between, Mm-mm. I mean, it, it, it looked like it could have been you know, five plus years of filming is really unclear, but, uh, you know, John's marriage fell apart and he was mentioning that he was dating someone new and had the teeth done, seemed like a, like a good dude. And I don't know, he was pulling it together. And he also mentioned a couple of times, like, he's just like, it's a documentary. And I don't know why people are so interested in me, but it's kind of strange, really odd timing for this documentary to explode and just have so many views in general. Before we talk about the next guest that was on the show, just want to give a shout out to uh, like local breweries and restaurants and stuff. So this show is not sponsored as you probably gather, but you should uh, support your local you know, community. We're drinking beer uh, that was made locally here. So, you should do the same. A lot of places are having a rough time, you know, staying in business and order takeout. you know, go pick it up, get some of those uh, growlers or whatever you can get locally and uh, support those companies. You know, they're gonna be opening up again soon i I hope, and you could support them and maybe buy some gift certificates ahead of time, whatever you can do. So any anything to add for local companies?
0: Nope, we're doing Sh- our part.
1: Yep, we, we we're drinking as much as we can <laughs> next up is Saf, and he was a good dude and we were a little confused I thought it was a lady at first and I think um they clarified it a little bit in the you know this last episode so um th- that was good because I, I was unsure and I I actually identified and and really I I thought I recognized Saf because he looked Filipino to me. And I I thought, and I'm half Filipino myself. And I was like, that looks like a relative to me. And we were just Googling it before we started recording. And um, he's Hawaiian. So he was Hawaiian, served in the military in Afghanistan. So thanks for serving. But um, yeah, seems like one of the most genuine people, maybe second to, you know, Eric.
0: Very genuine. And also I think, probably of everyone that we've seen interviewed on this and also on David Spade's um, podcast or t- YouTube channel, which we really like, he seems to be the most pro Joe exotic still of all the park employees. Indeed. I would like to know more about their relationship, how Saff came to the park I mean, he wasn't certainly did not have rose-colored glasses about Joe. you know, knew he knew he was had some shady stuff going on, but still, you know, pointed out um that he did a lot of good things that didn't get presented in the documentary, and that he did the Thanksgiving dinner every, you know, every year and just gave it to people. And I'm sure there were many of other things. but, um, yeah, interesting. Interesting person. I mean, lost an arm for those animals,
1: and just a badass motherfucker. I mean, seriously. the The decision point was, hey, it could take two years of therapy. Maybe you'll be able to use your hand, but it's going to be rough, and or you could amputate. Amputation was the the choice, and he was back out in the in the zoo like uh seven in days seven days it's just bananas to me
0: amazing and we never saw him with the prosthetic prosthetic yeah and as fans of um arrested development when buster lost his hand like how cool would it have been to have seen saf with some sort of a hook hook claw hook that would make you a serious content oh and that's right his interview was hilarious um when Joe said, did you, you know, did you feel uncomfortable around the tiger after that? And, uh, you know, Saf said, no, you know, I didn't, but you know, I can't say how he felt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and, uh, if you haven't, if you, if you're not, uh, subscribed to like David Spade's, uh, lights out show, which is now it's canceled at this point, but David Spade's still shooting stuff. And he actually interviewed a lot of the people that we're talking about here um, before Joel pulled everything together with Netflix there. But, I mean, Saf is awesome. Saf, Saf is pretty Saf's much a badass. badass. And
0: also seems so humble and grounded. And I hope that he has someone on his side right now to, if if it's what he wants, to promote him and, you know, get him that hook that <laughs> I think he should have. Because that's got to be expensive. Yeah. If it, he wants more out of this, this is the time to, to, capitalize. to capitalize. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I feel like, I mean, with all the... Th- there's a lot of shows, talk shows, which, I mean, we, we don't watch talk shows really. But there's a lot of shows that... They would normally have a studio audience. They would have guests come in, but now they cannot do that. So they have to basically interview people online, like the kind of bullshit that I normally do. And if you heard a little noise, that was Georgie. She knocked over her bowl. Does she want f- food?
0: I don't know. I saw it coming. It was pretty funny and she scared herself.
1: Oh, Georgie, you scared yourself. If you're unfamiliar with Georgie, she's a wonderful border collie. She's six to seven years old. And you could follow her on Instagram, Georgie, the Border Collie. She does uh, some fantastic work out there. She's very intense. She's looking me right in the eye like a real creeper. Oh, man. She's a good dog. (laughs) She's a good dog. And I want to highlight what you mentioned with uh, Saf talking about Joe and the Thanksgiving meal. So they just, they showed a brief period um, where Joe earned enough donations to pay Alan, the assassin, $3,000 to go down and murder Carol, which is unsubstantiated, by the way, clearly through the documentary. But Saf was like, Joe was like, he would make food with his whole family the whole day before and he would feed like 100, 150 people, if I memory serves right, 100, 150 people for free and accept some donations. But he was feeding people like pretty, I mean, impressive. Just like a food bank, basically. Um, and They didn't point that out. They were just like, hey, he's wearing a pink sequins shirt, feeding people, and then he tried to kill someone there's only so much you could tell in the documentary and I know they have to edit, but I mean, that that's interesting. I I don't know what to make of that, but
0: he is an enigma.
1: He's a complex dude, (laughs) complex dude. Next dude on the dial is Josh dial. (laughs) So Josh dial was a campaign manager and, he seemed very interesting to me. I'm personally a libertarian myself. So fuck
0: the feds. That's his soundbite.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I'm more diplomatic than that, but uh, you know, fuck him, you know, if I had to say it. So he was a campaign manager. They did mention and we talked about him being a, an employee at Walmart, which I mean, honestly, the Walmart came up a couple times through this, um, whole documentary. And actually I, I mentioned, or I wrote this in my notes, but I didn't mention it for Saf. Saf was recognized at Walmart and COVID-19 is out the door. I mean, if you recognize a celebrity, apparently people are just going up and they're like, yo, I want to take a picture with you. Can I please touch your face? And you know, all kinds of weird stuff. But I mean, I, I'm not a, a huge fan of like big corporate whatever's but you know what walmart is a place that i i grew up in i mean those those were the stores that i went to as a kid and you know i got you know clothes and furniture and whatever from walmart so walmart is a familiar thing and i remember traveling the country i've been to walmart's in um the northeast the southeast southwest up in Alaska, I went to a Walmart. I mean, I've been to many a Walmarts, and you just know where the stuff is. And are, are
0: you doing an ad for Walmart now? Did Walmart decide to sponsor this podcast when I wasn't looking?
1: Hashtag Walmart, you know? <laughs> no. Jeez, no, but I mean, Walmart is not about, a lot of people like to bust uh, Sam Walton's balls, but not me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah, this took a weird turn. So anyway, um, Josh Dial used to work at Walmart at the gun counter. Apparently ammo is super cheap at Walmart, by the way. So, um, yeah. What what do you think about Josh?
0: I think we agreed when we were watching it, he didn't look good. He looked, um, he looked a little cloudy. He mentioned something about, uh, needing to get back on his meds, um, needing to get some counseling, so he he did not look sort of as bright eyed as he did while he was um, while he was in the documentary. I felt bad for him, and I hope you know I hope that like everyone, he's able to parlay this into something better for him for the future.
1: He seemed like one of the sharpest people on the show.
0: That's not saying much.
1: I mean, I mean, we're we're talking about like nine to ten different people. Like, that's not bad. Out of ten,
0: <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess it just depends on which out of ten you're the sharpest. He did. He seemed like he had his stuff together. This inter in this interview. This is the only one I've seen. You know, the ones we've watched on David Spade. This one, um, other you know, things that I've read as I've been looking around, he did not seem good. Eric Cowie in the final episode, there was the shot of him. He just looked wasted with all the beer bottles behind him right after the trial,
1: vodka bottles.
0: bottles. Yes. He looked, he did not look good. By contrast in this interview, he looked clear eyed, beautiful. We went on, we went into that, but (laughs) um, yeah, Josh, he didn't look good in this one. And I hope I just, I hope he can, Didn't he say he needed to get back on his meds?
1: So uh, let me back into it. So yes, he was like, hey, I hope I can get some counseling. Uh, Josh, for the people that do not remember, he was the guy who was chatting with Travis when he shot himself in the head. And Travis, you know, rest his soul, he did not learn gun safety from the right person. Um, Joe purchased a gun for him, apparently, and it was a Ruger, and Travis apparently heard that you cannot fire a Ruger without the magazine in the um, in the gun, which is not true. If there's a bullet in the chamber, you can fire a gun. So don't learn gun safety from us. Consult your, you know, take a course, you know, do what you're supposed to. Don't listen to us. But, like, always treat a firearm as if it's loaded. Do not point it at anything. The thing is, is I was listening to Josh talk about it, like Travis could have been like, Hey, you can't fire a Ruger um, without the magazine. He didn't have to point it at his fucking head. He could have pointed it at like at the wall or at the ground. I think the ground is probably like the safest place to shoot. You know,
0: I I don't even, I don't have any words. It was such a tragic, uh, tragic instance for that young man to go through and to have, Him and his reaction on video, and like like we said, he didn't get any counseling for it. Um, That's a tough thing to live with for the rest of your life. For what, like what, you know? He said it was a once in a lifetime opportunity to run, um, you know, a campaign for governor. Hey, Doug, I'll run your campaign for governor right now. I mean, like, I mean, I get it. It is something, and it was more. It was more than nothing. Joe ended up with you know a significant percentage of the vote, but still. yeah, he could be one of those those guys that sort of falls under the radar of this documentary who really ended up getting hurt by it.
1: A couple other things to mention with Josh, he 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 was like, "Hey, I didn't get any counseling, and you know, I hope I can get counseling. I hope I can get." some medication and I realized like he ha- he has self-awareness and I think a lot of people on the show did not have self-awareness. He also mentioned that, well, Joel McHale asked, did Joe exotic get any counseling? And he said, no, but he saw a shaman and I'm not sure if it really helped. So that was slightly amusing.
0: Yeah, that actually, I think, got the biggest laugh out of me from the, um, from the whole interview. I'm looking up the definition of a shaman real quick. What do you think a shaman is?
1: I think, um, so in my head, the stereotypical idea is um, an Indian person who can sort of spiritually guide someone.
0: Okay, so if you just put shaman into your iPhone, uh, in Safari, the definition that comes up is a person regarded as having access to and influence in the world of good and evil spirits, especially among some peoples of Northern Asia and North America, America. Typically such people enter a trance state during a ritual and practice divination and healing. And I think this got the biggest laugh out of me. It was sort of the last I don't know, the last true Joe Exotic moment of the whole series for me when, you know, it's I think it's a perfectly reasonable question for someone to say, you know, hey, this person's husband died. Did he talk to someone about it? Did he get some counseling? Well, he talked to a shaman. <laughs> no offense to any shamans out there, but as soon as they said it, I'm like, of course he did. Yeah, of course he did. He talked to a shaman.
1: yeah. And uh, yeah, not, not to say that you can't get great value from a shaman, but um, in the full context of everything, it's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So at this point, we have two more people coming up. We have John Finley and Rick Kirkham. Kirkum. So are we doing good on time? How, how are you doing over there? I'm
0: doing okay. I can keep going. We can bust through these last two folks. I'm ready to put the Joe Exotic chapter of my life behind me.
1: To bed. I That's really super am. cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is I was running about, running down on a little beer, so I was going to run to the kegerator real quick. Can you keep us going for uh, two minutes while I get more beer, or should I pause it?
0: Why don't you pause it? Just, I don't want you to miss anything. It's the Doug Show.
1: We'll be right back, folks. I'm back, and with a fresh beer, and uh, just a shout out to Great Defied and their Saison called Colette. Very good beer, farmhouse beer. John Finley. Where can we start with John Finley? He had a different look. And I'm going to quote this from Elizabeth. She was like, Whoa, is that a sexy librarian? And
0: <laughs> Dad then I did with his little glasses on.
1: And then I was like, That's a sexy librarian cowboy. <laughs> and he had the teeth going on. He had uh, spectacles and I was like, whoa, this dude is well read and he knows his way around the Dewey Decimal System.
0: <laughs> I did not like the long goatee though.
1: Yeah, the long goatee was, um, well, you know what? I'm a little jealous. I had a goatee um, back in my younger days, uh, back in college, way before we met each other. I had a, you know, really long hair, goatee, all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I had a goatee, but it was only like, uh, you know, a couple inches long. And then it sort of fizzled out. I'm not a, what we would call a hairy man. <laughs> okay. What what would you call me? would you say?
0: Was it alopecia? <laughs> I call you borderline alopecia.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have a, a couple eyebrows and, um, you know. Not much hair on my legs, few pubes, you know, okay, everything's... Right. Tor- okay,
0: but you did mention that you wanted to do your YouTube video setup. So he had like um, the like corrugated steel behind him. He had a cowboy hat on and there might have been like a bale of hay in the background.
1: Oh no, it was a bale of fucking barbed wire. Oh,
0: barbed there was, wire, Yeah, That's it was right.
1: barbed wire and I have that noted. There was a barbed wire spool and I was like yeah there, it wasn't um, it was yeah it was like uh, I don't know if is corrugated steel the right term? I don't it was know. like a curvy yeah it was um, yeah, someone can email us what the exact term I thought it was like roofing, like yeah uh, yeah like uh, stainless steel roofing, whatever tin roofing, something like that, but I was like, oh, that's a decent setup
0: and right in the corner, so it, it had sort of nice angles. And then the barbed wire spool.
1: I think maybe the best route to have a, like the best teeth that you possibly get when you're between like 40 and 55 is, uh, you know, my heart goes out to, uh, meth addicts but meth and then dentures because there were a few people on the show where it's like they had the most beautiful smiles i've ever seen in my life like john finley who is missing several teeth and even joel McHale, who is a i mean this dude is a movie star he uh, i don't know if you know this he played football in college
0: i did know that
1: yeah he played f- why, why do you know that
0: uh, we are true <laughs> joel McHale <laughs> yeah joel so, McHale fans.
1: yeah he played football in college he has uh He's just a beautiful dude and uh, he was like John your your teeth look amazing We're sorry about the interruption there there was a little mishap with Georgie she was chewing on her her pillow and if you want to see what her pillow looks like it's all these um, sort of very self indulgent images of her um, and it's a she sleeps on it. You can find it on Instagram, Georgie the Border Collie.
0: So I give him credit in his interview. He is the only one who interviewed a teaser. And the teaser was that his tattoo covering up the property of Joe Exotic would be unveiled at a later date. And I thought that was super cool because I wanted to see it immediately. I'm like, let's see the finished product. And he's like, I'll be ready to show it sometime later
1: and it would have been i mean it looked like they threw this shit together in the last week like 100 percent. i mean joel was sitting there in the same sitting for two hours and did all the interviews all at once but it would have been awesome if he was like i am unveiling it follow me on x and it will be Let's unveiled in the next two weeks but like he was the only one who was like I am doing a thing. And he mentioned that his tattoo artist was getting shit for doing a quote bad job because he didn't do a proper cover up. But the problem is they had, you know, timetables, they had to deal with the edits. There's only so much they could fit. And when they were showing the cover up, I was like, well, they didn't cover it up completely. I was assuming, you know, a lot of times tattoos are a work in progress, just ongoing. But um, yeah, it, like John, if, if you're listening to this, um, it's always good to give the specific timetable and say, Hey, you got to look out for this, uh, sign up for my email list, start an email list, buddy. Like you <laughs> need to start an email list. People read their emails, you know, p- uh, over anything else. If you're doing social media, that is a treadmill, my friend. So That's I'm
0: going to relate uh, this guy, John Finley. Is that who we're talking about? I'm going to relate him a little bit to Andre Agassi. Um, so 80s Andre Agassi, tennis player. He had the mullet. He did the Canon commercials, Images Everything. The and, Rebel. Yes, in in neon. And he was like the bad boy of tennis. And then as he got older, um, married Steffi Groff. He has a foundation. Uh, the mullet is gone. And he's just... Um, this respectable, upstanding citizen. I think he's a little bit boring. I missed the 80s Andre Agassi, and I kind of felt that way when I was watching John Finley. You know, he's got the nice teeth, he seems balanced, he seems um, healthy, if you will. I kind of missed the shirtless, tattooed, nipple-pierced weirdo that I had grown to love over the course of the documentary. I'm glad he's doing better, but I, 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 you know, I think John Finley of old would have just like whipped that tattoo out and been like, "Yeah, look at my uh, upper crotch," and, and, and now he seemed a little shyer about it, and it just disappointed me a bit. Yeah. Did uh, you want to see his upper crotch? Is it upper crotch or lower abdomen? What is that area called?
1: How would you combine those words? <laughs> Yeah,
0: I'd call it a FUPA, but I didn't think it was,
1: uh, was it, what's that mean? What that stand for?
0: FUPA? I think you're gonna have to look that up.
1: H- how do you spell it? F-U-P-A. And then what do the, uh, letters stand for?
0: <laughs> uh, I was told that like, I think it was specifically for women that it stood for fat upper pussy area. Had you never heard that? Or are you just making me say it? <laughs>
1: Well, I, I didn't remember exactly what it stood for. I mean, I kind of, if someone said that to me, I would kind of understand, I guess.
0: I wanted to see his fupa.
1: Okay, that's cool. Um, next we have, <laughs> no, he did have his tongue pierced, though. Oh, he and you did. you could hear the lisp a little bit.
0: He did.
1: Yeah. So that's cool. Next dude up, last one, number seven, lucky seven, Rick Kurt who is now residing in norway which i've never been to but i would definitely want to check out norway i think after living in montana where i mean montana was landlocked of course but the i feel like some of the same kind of people would enjoy montana and norway you have very short days very it's cold it's mountainous um you know, Norway seems like a super interesting place. I've watched a few documentaries on that. And apparently he uh, he's dating or married to someone that is Norwegian. So I thought that was pretty cool. He mentioned that he can't even walk to a fjord <laughs> without being recognized, which I thought was um, interesting. And the guy's a showman as well.
0: Yeah, found a way to say the word fjord. I found him uh, both believable and unbelievable. He said, you know, he wanted it all to be over. He wished he'd never met Joe exotic. Mm, If you really want it all to be over, why are you doing this interview? You could have politely declined. So I, 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 I did believe him that, that there were things that he regretted and that there, you know, there were certain things that. He can't unforget per se, but um, if you're really trying to move on with your life, you don't have to keep doing interviews about this dude. I, and he I, had not had his teeth done.
1: No, he he's a, a grizzled like cowboy looking motherfucker, and I I um, you're right. He he was like, hey, I want this to end, but and at the same time, like I. I did not tie the two together. I was like, "Hey, that makes sense. I wouldn't want to close Joe Exotic's door and not have to deal with him." But at the same time, like it seems like he's a guy who likes the work that he was doing. He filmed Joe for a little while. I don't I don't know how long, but it does seem like he likes to do work and he understands like, "Hey, this is bringing a lot of opportunity to my door if I can, you know, talk to people. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt as far as like, Hey, I want to close this chapter in my life. However, I am a skilled um, practitioner of, you know, filming shit documentaries. He was on inside edition and I mean he, he pointed out some of the fucked up stuff which I, I think that's maybe why I appreciated. He was like, "Hey, I want to close this door with Joe Exotic." He was like there was this kind of horrific story about um you know taking a horse to pasture and Joe was just, you know, shot shot the horse basically. I'm and to the
0: tigers. It was tiger Terrible. food. Yeah. Pretty tiger food.
1: And um you know, there's a lot of different ways you could Kind of look at that, but it, he, Joe was a liar, you know. In, the, in that case, at least from the story that, that Rick told, so I think <laughs> there were a couple, um, couple minor interesting things. Again, in the full context of what we're talking about here, Rick also said that he, um, Joe was terrified of big cats, and a lot of the filming that they did the big cat, the one of the tigers was blind and the other was tranquilized. So Joe seemed uh, very, you know, brave though. I, I don't know if I had an issue with that. Cause I didn't do research to see where else Joe was filmed with cats or whatever. But I mean, I was like, there's hundreds of hours of Joe being filmed around and I I guess I gave Joe the benefit of the doubt that he was actually with the animals a little bit more, but I have no idea.
0: That actually made me feel better about Joe because that's a very sane response to be terrified of those animals.
1: They're like 500 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So I
0: was like, Hey, that's, that's cool. Point point for Joe. Not that point that he tranquilized a, a tiger to be in the same cage with him, but yeah, that's if he
1: was scared. Yeah. If he was
0: scared, that's cool.
1: That's a normal yeah. response. <laughs>
0: Very human.
1: Yeah. So, I think we're we're closing this out. But if there's a season two of Tiger King, would you watch it?
0: I'd like to say no, but the truth is probably yes. It. De- I think it depends on on what the focus was. I think. I think it depends on what the focus was. If there was a season two sort of making a murderer style about Carol, uh, maybe she gets arrested and there's a trial or something similar. I think I would watch that, but I don't know if I would watch like a whole series devoted to Doc Antle or a whole series devoted to the new Jeff Lowe Zoo. What
1: if it was like um Joe Exotic like in jail like I, I sort would, of recounting things.
0: Yeah, I would not watch that. Okay. He There's probably some very good things about him. There's you know positive and negative in everyone, probably yin and yang in everyone, but I think there's enough negative that seems to be agreed upon in this series that I I think I'm kind of done with him. Yeah. How about you?
1: I um I think it, you know it was interesting to watch this season because it was such a cultural ph- phenomenon phenomenon during COVID-19 and like everyone's indoors and I, I wonder and I mentioned this off off the record earlier I'm like You know what a lot of things that have a flash in the pan sort of situation where it's super popular immediately all at once. I I don't even know when this was released, but I think it was like mid March and here we're sitting in mid April and it's exploded. A lot of people are stuck indoors and I wonder if this is going to have like any sort of staying power in the future. All that to say, I don't know if I would, if you didn't encourage us to watch it, I probably would have skipped it for a while. Maybe I would, you know, catch up to it, but a lot of times I want to, I want to let other people test it. I, I don't care to be on the cutting edge of anything. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, I would potentially watch a, another one, like maybe they just follow. Jeff Lowe and the nanny and all their hijinks, you know, that sounds super interesting to me because of that nanny.
0: Similar, similarly, the life of Eric Cowie, make it season two. I'm in, (laughs) we uh, cannot, we we only have one TV in the house. We don't have our TV in the bedroom, but if this ever happens uh, in tandem, we can get another TV. So you can watch the nanny in one room. I can watch Eric Cowie in the other and we'll be all good. Oh, yeah. hey, you know what we need to do? We need to check out the sanctuary in Colorado, the animal sanctuary, because the rumor was that several uh, of the tigers from Joe's zoo ended up there.
1: Oh man. And, and we we've uh, we've talked about this a couple of times where it's like, okay, I've been doing blogging, YouTube, podcasts, internet marketing. And wouldn't it be funny? If we go over to the sanctuary, we do some filming, and then that is what my channel is known for. For uh Tiger King animals that are now located in Colorado.
0: Would you turn it down? The fame and notoriety.
1: I am a uh what I would call a young Joe exotic, uh in, in the making. So
0: Just call me Travis.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the governor race is looking like coming up here or the presidential race. I mean, I think there's an opportunity here for me.
0: (laughs) I was trying to think what your, what your face would be on, like the throw out. I don't think it would be condoms, but maybe we could put your face on koozies or something.
1: Why not condoms?
0: Because it's been done. Or a Frisbee. We could put your face on a Frisbee.
1: Frisbee? How are people going to put that on their dicks? <laughs>
0: okay.
1: <laughs> all right. This, this ended up being a weird ending, but uh, thanks for checking it out. And if you uh, are only listening to this because of Tiger King, that's interesting, number one, but you should check out the rest of my podcast, especially on uh, working from home, making money online, and all that sort of thing. You can leave a review on iTunes or, you know, wherever or not. Tell a friend, you know, that's even better to let a friend know. Thanks, Elizabeth, for joining me today.
0: Absolutely. Bye.
1: Cheers. And, um, you know, support your uh, local community out there.